This episode includes depictions of graphic violence, addiction, and alcoholism. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. Please note, the story you're about to hear is not a direct retelling of any one story of the Bokov. Today's episode combines features from a number of German legends for dramatic effect. Hello everyone, I'm Vanessa Richardson, and welcome to Mythical Monsters, a Spotify original from Parcast. This week, we finish our beer-soaked journey around the world in Germany. All the monsters we've met so far have been masters of revelry, encouraging their victims to succumb to alcohol's power. But today's creature is a little different. The Bokhoff doesn't force you to drink. He appears in the darkness as you make the tipsy walk home, waiting to pounce. This is Mythical Monsters Hard Drinking Horrors. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Coming up, a night on the town leaves a man bleary-eyed and bloody. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. The Bokhoff is a local legend, primarily found in the medieval German city of Aachen. Aachen sits on the western border of the country, where Germany meets the Netherlands and Belgium. The town is built on a series of hot springs, and 2,000 years ago, it was home to famous Roman baths. Aachen is still known for its waterways, but it isn't just its history that makes it special. It's said that the springs below Aachen hid a monster the locals called a river calf. And when the springs became sewers in the Middle Ages, it stayed below, lurking underneath. Accounts of its appearance conflict, but most people say it's a deformed cow with the head and paws of a panther and the tail of a dragon. This strange hybrid is the Bokhov. Bokhovs are attracted to the smell of alcohol. They attack drunks wandering at night, tackling them from behind. They take their purses and sometimes their lives. The easiest way to avoid a Bokhov is to stay quiet. They hate loud noises and really don't like to be disturbed. But this is easier said than done. After all, who is louder than a drunk man on the way home?
Gisela's parents were fighting again. Her father had come home late. They tried not to raise their voices, but the house was tiny and Gisela could hear every word. Her mother cried, but her voice was hard. No, Erhard, you said you'd stop lying. It's the third time this month. A monster didn't take your money. Gisela's father sounded like he was underwater, very far away. Clara, I'm telling you, it came out of the sewer. The Bokhoff lunged at me and I fell. The point was punctuated by a loud clatter. Her father seemed to have missed his chair when he sat down. Gisela winced in silent sympathy. She clutched the edge of her blanket even tighter as her mother spoke. You reek of beer, you good-for-nothing liar. If you fell, it's only because you were too drunk to stand up. We needed that money. This is me trying, Clara, really. The Bokhoff... He trailed off. Gisela's mother was already on her way to their shared bedroom. Gisela squeezed her eyes shut as tight as she could, pretending she was sleeping. Her mother didn't seem to notice as she nestled in beside her. Gisela wanted to go check on her father, but her mother held her in a vice-like hug as she fell asleep. Gisela knew she would have to wait until morning and hope that he could take care of himself until then. Gisela's mother made a lot of noise as she left for the market in the morning. Her father was holding his head when Gisela entered the kitchen. Are you all right, father? Erhard ruffled her hair. I'll be fine, Gisa. Just don't talk so loud. Gisela lowered her voice to a whisper. How's your head? Her father angled it so she could see the dried blood on his left temple. She grabbed a washcloth and cleaned his wound. Was it really a Bokhoff? Her father paused. How old are you again? Ten next March, Gisela replied cheerfully. Her father nodded, wincing at the motion. Well, then you're old enough to know that it most certainly was. Large and furry with great big paws. It's attracted to noise and alcohol, and I'll admit I was making a bit of a ruckus. It leapt on my back, took my money, and ran off. Gisela hugged her father tightly. You mustn't go out tonight, father. You mustn't. You promise? He nodded very carefully this time. I won't. I don't want to disappoint you or your mother. She gave him a gentle hug in thanks. Then he left the house in search of work, and Gisela went about her usual chores. The day came and went, and the sun sank low in the sky. The carts and merchants left the street one by one. It was time for her father to come home. But he didn't. Gisela was getting worried, but her mother let out a bitter laugh. <laughs> He's safe, little one. Safe and warm in a beer hall somewhere. That was even more upsetting to Gisela. He's not safe in a beer hall. He'll try to come home and the Bokhov will get him. Gisela's mother shook her head. There's no such thing as a Bokhov, Gisela. That's a lie your father tells when he loses the money meant to put food in your mouth. 
Gisela wouldn't stand for it. That's not true. He doesn't want to disappoint you. You asked him to try, and he is. Her mother was stunned. You heard us? But Gisela was still talking. You want him to get hurt. I hate you. Gisela ran for the door. Her mother called her name, but Gisela didn't stop. Her little feet pounded the cobblestones as she disappeared into the night. Gisela sprinted past the well at the center of the market. She didn't want to risk her mother catching up, even if they both knew where she was going, the beer hall. It glowed like a lone candle in the dark city. Gisela could understand why her father wanted to spend his time there on a cold night like this. She was wondering the best way to ask for him when she heard a commotion inside the building. The front window exploded outward. A figure tumbled into the street. Two burly men looked through the window, wiped off their hands, and headed back to the bar. Gisela could only tell the broken lump on the stones was her father when she heard him groan. She rushed to him and pulled him up. He groaned again. Oh, Gisa, what are you doing here? Gisela was struggling to hold him steady. I'm protecting you from the Bokhoff. Her father took on a pitying tone. Oh, Gisa, Liebken, you shouldn't have come. He stumbled to his feet and led her down the dark road back towards their house. Your mother is going to kill me. Gisela set her lip in defiance. The Bokov's going to kill you because you got drunk. You promised you wouldn't. Her father tugged her along, his balance wavering. The Bokov isn't real. Gisela dropped her father's hand. What do you mean? You lied to me? Her father wouldn't meet her eyes. It's just a story, Gisa. The Bokhoff didn't hurt me and take my money. I did that well enough myself. I'm sorry, but you don't need to be frightened anymore. Gisela could feel anger bubbling up in her stomach. She'd defended him. She'd said horrible things to her mother, and he'd lied to her. She pushed him away and quickened her pace. I'm not frightened. I'm angry. Don't follow me. Her father slipped as he tried to keep up, barely catching himself on the corner of a building. Gisa, come on! Gisela kept running. He called after her again and again until suddenly he stopped. Gisela slowed her pace. This had been what she wanted, hadn't it? For her no-good lying father to leave her alone. But something felt wrong. She turned back for him. The moon cast a long sliver of pale blue light between the buildings, making the cobblestones shine. Her father was laying there in the road, his head bloody. At first, she thought he'd fallen. Then she saw a hulking shape emerge from the dark, large, furry, with great big paws. The Bokhoff wasn't a lie after all.
Coming up, Gisela and Erhard find a monster on their backs. Hi, I'm Christine Schiefer. And I'm M. Schultz. We're the hosts of Rituals, the new Spotify original from Parcast. If you've heard our podcast and that's what we drink, you know we are no strangers to true crime and the paranormal. We're also into the occult uh, to chat about, not to join, but, you know, to, to learn and educate. <laughs> Every Monday on Rituals, we're journeying through mystifying stories of sorcery, alchemy, Satanism, and more, and trying to determine if the dark arts of the past impact us today. Like weather witches? Who were they? Or the Fountain of Youth? Address, please. <laughs> Don't forget about werewolf trials, Em. Objection, Christine. Let's not give too much away. And instead, let's tell everyone to follow our new podcast, Rituals, free and only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now back to the story. Gisela clamped her hands over her mouth to stifle her scream. She wasn't sure if the monster leering over her father had seen her. He'd broken his promise to her to stay home where he'd be safe, but she couldn't let the Bokov harm him. Gisela looked around for some kind of weapon. A green glass bottle lay forgotten atop the sewer grate. She picked it up, feeling its weight in her small hand. She yelled, Leave him alone! Then she threw it as hard as she could. The glass shattered against the creature's big, furry head. Glittering green shards fell to the cobblestones. The monster looked up. Then Gisela heard the most unexpected sound. Dieter, there's a kid. A man's voice had come from inside the beast. Then she heard another voice off to the side. A kid? What do you want about? A long, thin silhouette emerged from the alley between the two houses. The man wore laborer's clothes, but the knife in his hand told Gisela that he wasn't interested in honest work. He smelled even more strongly of alcohol than her father did. He shouted, You! Come over here! Gisela shook her head. He stepped forward. She turned and ran smack dab into the Bokov's beer-soaked fur. But it wasn't a Bokov at all. It was a wide, tall man in a fur coat with a bear's head for a hood. It seemed tonight was a night for liars. You're not a monster, she shrieked. She pushed away from him, but he grabbed her by the wrists. Oh, I think you'll find I am, little girl. Very ferocious indeed. He covered her mouth with one paw-like hand and carried her back to his friend, who was now going through Gisela's father's pockets. What's he got? The thin man put his hands on his hips. Nothing. I think he drank it all. That's the fourth tonight to come up empty. If we hadn't found that jeweler, we'd be completely out of luck. Gisela realized what was happening now. 
they were robbers. A large bag of coins jingled beneath the man's Bokhoff suit, its weight pressed into her back as the man growled. What do we do about the girl? The thin man looked around the empty street. Dunno, the mines are looking for more workers. He grinned at her. And you're exactly the right size. Gisela squirmed against his grip and forced her mouth free. Father, get up, please! The thin man laughed. He gave Gisela's father a kick in the ribs. But as he lifted his foot to strike again, a huge shadow landed on his back. It was twice his size, with broad and furry feline shoulders, a long dragon's tail that curled around the thin man's chest. Its back was hunched, and it had a cow's eyes beneath a panther's strong brow. Two razor-sharp fangs protruded from its snout. A Bokhoff, a real one. The thin man yelped and tried to run, but the Bokhoff pushed him down. He collapsed, going silent as the beast's jaws clamped around his windpipe. Gisela bit down too, on her captor's fingers. He yowled and released her. Against every instinct, she ran towards the beast. The stench of blood and beer mingled on the monster's fur as she got close, but it didn't lift its head. She helped her dazed father to his feet and pulled him into the shadows of the alley as the Bokhoff continued its meal. The man in the Bokhoff suit did not have the same loyalty for his friend. He made a run for it, screaming the whole way. The Bokhoff leapt after him, impossibly far. It landed on the Bokhoff impersonator, slamming him into the cobblestones. Gisela heard the tinkle of coins as the large money pouch spilled its contents. The Bokhoff's jaws closed on the man's head with a slurping crunch. His cries became wet, choked gurgles. He thrashed, then he didn't move anymore. Gisela patted her father's face gently. Father, we need to move. His eyes were wide. What was that? Gisela tried to get him moving again. A Bokhoff? Her father shook his head, still stunned. But they're not real. Gisela pulled his shirt so hard his collar ripped. They're real enough to kill those two men. Please, we must go. Can you just wait? Her father was speaking too loudly. The Bokhoff lifted its face from its meal. It stared in their direction quizzically, its head cocked like a curious kitten's. It took a step towards them, but its feet sent the stolen coins skittering across the pavement. It looked down, sniffed the gold, then it began to eat the coins. Gisela's father started to say something, but she shushed him. The Bokhoff was attracted to noise. If they wanted to get away, they'd have to be silent. Earhart used the wall to stand. He leaned on Gisela as they carefully crept to the next street over. The metallic crunching receded as they disappeared into the dark. The Bokhoff was staying put. 
for now. The soft clack of their shoes on the cobblestones echoed around the silent streets. Gisela's heart pounded with every step. Her father spoke in a low voice. Why didn't it attack us? Gisela struggled to hold him steady in this new position. It stopped to eat the money. Did you drink all your wages away? Her father looked hurt, then confused. He didn't have to say anything. It was all over his face. He genuinely didn't know. Did you hide it? Gisela sighed and started searching through his pockets. We can come back for your purse, but we need to leave it here. I think the Bokhoff can smell it. Her father tried to twist away from her, but he only succeeded in slipping. He barely caught himself as Gisela pulled the purse out of his boot. She lowered the small bag into a muck-covered barrel sitting on the side of a building. She hoped the mess would hide whatever scent the silver might have. Her father whined, How do you even know it wants that? You're the one who told me it took your money, Gisela hissed. When you lied, her father let out an exhausted sigh. Oh, is this really the time? Gisela stopped. She looked up at him. It's never the time, is it? You didn't listen to mother. You broke your promise to me. For the first time in Gisela's memory, her father raised his voice. You can't talk to me that way. Gisela shouted back. I can and I will. I always took your side. I always cleaned you up and you couldn't keep one promise. And now we could die. Today I told mother I hate her. Now I see I said it to the wrong person. Gisela turned from her father and crossed her arms. She couldn't look at him. She wasn't going a step farther. She didn't care if he screamed at her. In fact, she expected it, bracing for more harsh words. But they didn't come. Gisela turned around slowly, face hardened. Her father was holding his breath. His face was pale. He whispered to her wordlessly, run. Gisela wanted to run, but she couldn't. Not with those strange cow's eyes watching her, those fangs glistening with blood, and those large panther's paws curled around her father's shoulders. Coming up, Gisela and Earhart must keep their cool or lose their heads. Now back to the story. Earhart had a lot of regrets. He was ashamed of the way he treated his wife. He was embarrassed by his behavior at the beer hall. Most of all, he regretted losing his daughter's trust. But that didn't matter now, because Earhart was going to die. The Bokhoff perched on his shoulders, blood dripped from the beast's fangs onto his forehead. Its heavy breaths made the air around him vibrate. This was the end of him, and his little girl would have to see it. Run, 
He mouthed as slowly as he could, Run, Gisa, I love you. But she didn't move. She just stared, her brown eyes moving from his to the monster's. Please, Gisa, run! Instead, she carefully stepped toward him and placed her hand in his, giving it a small squeeze. No, father, I'm not going to leave you. Though terrified, having his daughter's hand in his made him feel even stronger. She mouthed, let's go home. He didn't know what she meant. Did she not see the monster on his back? Her eyes darted behind him, towards the barrel. They had no money anymore, and they were being quiet. They didn't have anything the Bokhoff wanted, and for now, it didn't seem to want to attack. If he could keep going, maybe they could get home. This was the most ridiculous sobriety test he could have imagined, but if Earhart could do it for anyone, it was his daughter. He gave her an encouraging look and took a tentative step forward. He felt the Bokhoff wobble slightly, but it didn't dig in its claws. He took another step. The monster settled fully this time. It reminded him of the cat from the shop down the road that liked to perch on his shoulder, except this feline had heavy hooves that bruised his back and a long, spiny tail slithering around his midsection. Gisela smiled encouragingly, just a little farther. Earhart swallowed as quietly as he could. He took another step, finding a rhythm that wouldn't jostle the creature. He was doing it. They would be home in no time. Then it began to rain. The drops pounded down, turning every surface slick and slippery. Gisela walked even slower, tugging her father's hand every now and then to pull him away from a puddle he couldn't look down to see. A roll of thunder echoed around the soaked street. The Bokhoff let out a disgruntled sound, a moo and a roar all at once. Its front claws cut into his shoulder. He paused, terrified. But then he remembered that both cats and cows didn't like thunder. They walked out into the main square of the town. Earhart felt the Bokhoff's weight shift. The claws dug in. No, he was so close. The reptilian tail released him, spreading out behind the creature so it could adjust its balance. Earhart's heart stopped. It was going to jump, and there was only one possible target, Gisela. He looked at his daughter. She knew it too. Run, Gisa, please, please. She shook her head no. She wouldn't leave him. He felt the creature's weight lean one way, then the other. Each claw was a knife in his flesh. There was one more painful adjustment. Then the Bokhoff used him to push off into an arcing jump into the rain, away from Gisela. 
It darted through the downpour, wincing at the crackling thunder. It leapt onto the lip of the stone well at the center of the square, then turned to face them. They were both seeing the creature in its entirety for the first time. The cow legs at the back were bent and over-muscled, and the tail was too long. The Bokhoff studied them. Its jaw rotated in a small circular motion. It was chewing the remains of the two robbers like they were cud. The beast gave one more long moo roar. Then it dove into the well. Gisela looked up at her father, wide-eyed. She spoke softly. The well leads to the sewers, father. It really does live down there. They heard the sloshing of a steady stroke. The Bokoff was moving away. Earhart swept his daughter up into his arms and ran the whole way home. He didn't put her down until they came through the front door. Clara stood beside a roaring hearth. Earhart hugged his wife wordlessly, crying into her hair. Gisela wrapped her arms around both of them, pushing them together. Gisela started to explain, but Earhart placed a hand on her shoulder. He looked at his wife. I'm so sorry, Clara. There were tears in her eyes. You put our daughter in danger. He nodded. I know. I will regret that for the rest of my life. I'm done drinking. I promise. Her voice shook. I don't know if I can trust you. I know, he replied. But every day I'm going to prove it to you, if you're willing to wait. She nodded slowly and collapsed into his arms again. Earhart rubbed her back as he held her, overwhelmed at his good fortune. He turned his head, looking out the front window and into the night. The water in the sewers was swelling out of the grates, spilling out onto the street. Just above the rushing water were two small lights, a cow's eyes glowing in the dark. A cynic might say that the Bokhoff is just a scapegoat. It's a way for alcoholics to explain why they came home from the beer hall with no money at all. But the monster has had a place in the culture and history of Aachen for over 400 years. A local story says that a night watchman in Aachen frequently reported Bokhoff attacks in the early 1600s. A furry creature would jump on the backs of unsuspecting men, robbing them, and then running off into the darkness. One night, the Bokhoff attacked a burly blacksmith on his way home, but unlike the other victims, the blacksmith wasn't cowed. He grabbed the monster by the leg, slamming it into the cobblestone street. The Bokhoff then gave out a very human-like grunt. It was the night watchman exploiting the story of the Bokhoff to rob people walking alone. This Scooby-Doo-like incident hasn't dulled Aachen's fondness for the dangerous river calf. In 1902, the city built a statue over one of the wells most closely associated with the creature. It depicts a Bokhoff about to pounce on its surprised victim. 
The sculpture was melted down for bullets during the Second World War, but it was replaced with a new version of the Bokhoff in 1967. Both carved creatures had panther-like bodies, but the second statue gave the Bokhoff a feline face as well. This meant that the only remnant of the calf part of river calf was the beast's bovine back and vaguely cow-like ears. For many, the Bokhoff has become something of a town mascot for Aachen, but one must never forget the monster's true origin. It's a punishment for shirking both societal and familial responsibility. If you're home with your family, rather than making a ruckus in the street in the dead of night, you have nothing to fear. The Bokhoff attacks when you're at your most vulnerable and your most foolhardy. So if you plan on partying in Aachen, use the buddy system, hold your purse close, and keep a careful watch on sewer grates. Most importantly, stay quiet. Being a public nuisance could cost you your life. Thanks for listening to Mythical Monsters. We'll be back next week with a new episode. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. I'll see you next time. Mythical Monsters is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Mythical Monsters was written by Lil D. Ritter and Jen Rache, with writing assistance by Molly Quinlan and Nora Battelle, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Werewolves, witches, and Arthur Conan Doyle? Oh my! Sounds like fascinating topics to discuss on our new show, Rituals, Christine. You know what, Em? It sure does. Every Monday on Rituals, join us as we explore the evolution of spiritualism and the occult through stories, practices, and the impact on modern culture. If you've heard our podcast and that's why we drink, this is the perfect pairing for you. And if you haven't, go give us a try. Follow our Spotify original from Parcast, Rituals. Listen free only on Spotify. Spotify.